Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Okay, so why do people love my Total Body Bar workouts? Because they work. My clients get an amazing workout and great results. I'm Andrea Rogers, professional dancer and trainer, and my Extend Bar classes are fun, only 30 minutes, and proven to help you get sculpted, lean, and strong. And right now, you can stream my Extend Bar classes for free on the Beachbody On Demand app. See how effective these workouts truly are. Start for free today at Beachbody.com. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on a laptop watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view Hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto Real talk pronto Dr. D PhD hit the intro Hold up wait gotta be social network global home for the locals Gotta be social network global home for the locals Do it so yes, this is the lookalike Simon episode. I like it. I the like real it. genius here. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're doppel doppelgongers, you know. I, I can't other, even tell the difference. You know? No, it's like looking <laughs> in a mirror. You know? <laughs> oh man, how are you doing today, my friend? That's awesome. Do you do you normally wear contacts? Or are these new? Is your eyesight oh, getting worse? Uh, none of the above. Okay. <laughs> like, all right it, they're just blocking the blue light from the screen and stuff because oh I'm yeah trying to keep that stuff out of my eyes as much as possible yeah yeah no i i, I have a pair of those as well the side um, effect is that i look pretty cool so uh you do look pretty cool <laughs> i have uh mine are pretty ridiculous because they have the uh the yellow tint to them Oh, I like that. So, yes. you know, so yes. I, I feel like I, I look like paramilitary or something, you know, it's like <laughs> some, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I only, I only bust those out when I'm wearing contacts though, because I, see. I can't see very far. Oh, I, you know, without my glasses or contacts, I, I see about this far away. Really? You know? Oh yeah. Wow. So crazy times, man. <laughs> <laughs> so man so we're talking about the movie real genius real genius yes i made my family watch it with me and my wife has like i watch like every 80s movie i've never seen this before <laughs> you know it's it's interesting it's a it's a brian grazier production you know it's a it's it, it's got some big names behind it yeah. But I mean, at the time, Val Kilmer was not a big name. No. And if I'm being honest, and we can get into this in a minute, horribly miscast. <laughs> you know, I'm watching it, you know, and I'm thinking they had Robin Williams in mind, but they got Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what did your wife think of this? She was like, she just kept saying, how did I miss this movie back in the day? Really? Like, how did I? She's a big Val Kilmer fan. 
Oh, so I just can't believe I never I've never seen this. I mean, he's gorgeous. Yeah, he's a pretty he guy. Is, he was he a pretty is guy. Gorgeous. <laughs> in this. I mean, yeah. no, no doubt. What's he's like very pretty Kilmer in this. Yeah. Like, wow. He's absolutely. A stud. He's a stud. But she is like, this movie is kind of ridiculous. She's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's hard to. You know, I, I as I was watching it, I couldn't tell if it was the script or Val Kilmer, but I was like, something is really flat to me. Mm. Does that make sense? Where I'm just like, man, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, but I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah, but but if it were Robin Williams, I think I'd be laughing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I didn't, I didn't laugh a lot either. Yeah, but it's funny as I I hadn't watched that movie in a really long time, basically since I was like a kid. I yeah. <laughs> watched that movie. I was like, I remember. Yeah, I mean, how this. old were we? We were like eight when it came out, right? Yeah, Something yeah, like that. And I remember I was telling my daughter, I was like, the cool part is when he turns like the dormitory into ice, you know, and then like, and then yeah. they start skating, and then it like evaporates. I was like, it's still cool to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but once again, I feel like those jokes were kind of falling flat, like at the end where he was like, or at the end of that scene where he's calling out for the, the guy who had made the ice in the first place. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I can't remember what he's saying, but he's like, you know, it's not going to, Oh, it's not going to explode. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, he's answering him. Yeah. It's like, those kind of things can be funny. <laughs> Val Kilmer just wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I was talking to my wife afterwards about it and I was just, and I was saying, you know, uh, I can't remember what year did Top Gun come out? Oh, I was, I was trying to think oh, if it was oh. pre or, at, you know, before or after this movie. But anyway, I, I was just saying, you know, about five years later or so, Val Kilmer's churning out killer performances. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's in Tombstone, he's in Heat, he's uh, he's Jim Morrison, he's, you know, and he's churning out some real performances that, I mean, especially the Tombstone performance yes. is just legendary. Agreed. You know, there's there's been at least maybe like five other really big names in Hollywood that, you know, from the... 50s or whatever on till now who've done doc hollywood like really big names but you don't think of any of them when you think of doc hollywood yeah. you think of val freaking Kilmer. definitely he's your huckleberry you know <laughs> <laughs> so i was saying to shannon um after the movie i was saying you know this was his entrance into hollywood and learning how to be an actor because yeah. In this movie, he didn't know how to be an actor yet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, he, but he was learning the ropes. And yeah. <laughs> I kind of like seeing people at that point in their careers where, in many ways, all of us have been in that place at some point. And yeah. in the beginning, we're like kind of clunky. Unless yeah. you're you, Simon. I'm sorry. You're not. Bob, right? <laughs> you weren't. Sorry, no. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in that stage in everything I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clunky. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's actually a really good reminder that 
um, you know, talent doesn't come out of a vacuum. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. you know, uh, acting is a craft and it's honed over time. Yes. And it's it, it, some people are born and gifted with a natural knack for certain things, but that only takes you so far. Right. You know, and, and, and once you get to the extent of, of that, you know, I mean, both you and I are really big into physical fitness. So yeah. we understand that principle doing the same movement, the same type of workout or something like that. It only takes you so far. Correct. And then you have to, you have to break out of that. And you have to learn new stuff. You have to hone and craft uh, fitness. Yep. And it's the same thing with acting or anything else, you know, it's, it's so yep. it's it, like you say, it's just interesting to see the beginning of Val Kilmer's Hollywood journey. And, you know, I mean, all in all, for that kind of movie, which is the, the type of movie is kids are smarter than adults. Um, even the smartest adults are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um and that uh childish pranks are the way to get even with adults <laughs> you know what i mean yes. it's just um it, so it, anyway it, it it's for that kind of movie it's pretty, it's pretty good actually yeah you know it's almost I mean? kind of like a nerdy like trying to be a nerdy animal house yeah type of thing you know yeah it's like a really <laughs> innocent animal house yeah and it's problematic i mean you know when we're watching it today now back in the you know when i was i don't know how old i was when i first saw it. i might have been 10 yeah i don't know i think it's um, for me yeah you know and so back then i wasn't thinking about these things but today when i watch it i'm like oh women are just dis you know disposable sex objects yeah that is kind of 80s comedies in a nutshell Completely. women are disposable sex objects yeah and you know with the exception of the nerdy one right right and constantly when i'm watching these films i know i know i know that th this kind of storytelling is trying to give us a window into this world and so they have to give us the the main protagonist has to be the normal so they give us the 15 year old kid what's his name it's mitch right Mitch, yeah mitch and he is um you know tragically normal <laughs> yeah. especially for a genius right um and it, but what but what bothers me about these movies is that I'm so uninterested in Mitch. Yeah. I'm completely bored with way. him. Yeah. And I was just like, why is this guy even a character in this movie? I would rather just be dumped into this school full of weirdos. Yeah. And just see a bunch of weirdos. I don't need a normal. <laughs> I've got so many normal stiffs that I'm surrounded by day in and day out. <laughs> You know, <laughs> people that I have no interest in. 
I mean, <laughs> my life is already jam-packed with people I have no interest in. <laughs> I don't need to see another one in a movie. Uh, I don't need that to be my main guy. Yeah. I like Laszlo. Like, I was really into Laszlo's character. What a weirdo, man. The movie should be about Laszlo, man. It's so cool, man. I mean, his whole thing... <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that was probably one of the few times I laughed in the movie <laughs> was him silently walking into the closet and disappearing. I mean, I did laugh at that. I loved that. That was great. But I didn't need Mitch to show me that. Val Kilmer's yeah. character could have shown me that. The, the female character, I'm blanking on her name now, Jordan, is that it? Maybe, yeah. So, uh, she could have shown me that. Any of the other characters that are ultimately so much more interesting yeah. than Mitch uh, could have shown me that, and I didn't, I didn't need to see Mitch do it. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely boring. It was kind of like, all right, the, the weird, I don't know, it was like, I kept thinking, I was like, where did this guy go after this movie? Like, he's like someone I don't know, but I do know. Like, what happened to this guy? It's like he's 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 been in other stuff, and I can't think of anything offhand. But I actually looked at the cast. You know, I I googled the cast of the movie, and I saw his face as an adult. And I was like, oh, I recognize him from stuff. He's just never. He's got a weird look to him. He does. So he, he's he's not gonna make it as a leading man in in Hollywood. Right. You know, he's right. He's not a Val Kilmer. <laughs> no, he's not Iceman. There's no, no. there's no Iceman. Actually. No. So, and you know that's the other thing. It's like um, I don't need pretty people in my movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. Shannon and I were just talking about that recently. How. We've been uh, watching the Netflix series um, Afterlife mm. with uh, what's his name, big time British comedian. Uh, anyway, he's not a handsome guy. Right. Nobody in the show is like. There are no supermodels in the show. Let's right. just say that there's no classic right. Hollywood beauty in the show. Nobody in who's a romantic you know lead no you know nobody i mean there are people that are pleasant looking but they're not <laughs> but you know but i was saying they're not like holy cow blow me yeah away. wow look at gorgeous him. yeah and we just love that it's like um i don't need somebody to be physically drop dead gorgeous right for me to be interested in in this movie and i did appreciate that about everyone except Val Kilmer in this movie. There's no other drop dead gorgeous <laughs> no. people in this movie. No, even the professor, like it's funny. He was like in Die Hard. I remember the, the main guy, yeah. the redhead guy. He always plays a massive prick in every movie. He's in. He is. He's, he's like, the, that's his thing. He's the massive prick. And in, in fact, they call him as much in the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, you're yeah. right. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The I environmental guy, you know, yeah. he comes out and shutting him down. Shut that thing down, Bankman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he plays that part so well. Right. But so I, I don't well. know but if he's an asshole in real life, though. It's kind of a hard because that's all he plays. Probably not. He's probably so nice in real life. <laughs> he's probably the sweetest guy you've ever met in real life. Yeah. Because Crazy, right? Those kind of people take those roles. That's funny. Real a-holes, they don't want to take those roles because they don't want to be perceived that way. You know? Um, 
and what was actually great about his character is that I, I actually liked him at first, you know, and I knew he was the villain. You know, I remember yeah, the movie, but yeah. in the opening scene that he's in, he's uh, we're meeting Mitch for the first time. He's yeah. meeting Mitch's parents for the first time. And he is utterly sarcastic with his parents and the right. parents just don't get it. It goes over their head. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that was actually another great line when he, uh, when, when he asked the parents, if Mitch was adopted and <laughs> yeah. they're like, no, no. And he's like, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. How did you come from them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's actually really likable in those he is. opening scenes and stuff like that. And it's actually kind of disappointing that he is ultimately, you know, portrayed as a one more of a one dimensional yeah. you know, jerk the rest of the movie. And, and the villain who's like not going to let Val Kilmer graduate and things like that. Yeah. And he's super selfish. It would have been more interesting if he was actually a really nice guy who got caught up over his head in these military contracts and things like that. That would have yeah. made a more interesting movie um, and a more interesting character that I think that guy would have also been really good at. Yeah. But but he's also really good at being a prick. So he really is. I, <laughs> he's, he's I couldn't really separate him from all those movies. I'm like this guy. And he makes me not like him every time he comes into a movie. And that's good. He elicits that emotion. Yeah. In the view. Oh, yeah. He's really good you know? at, at just sleaze. Sleaze. You just yeah. feel the sleaze ooze off of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But like I say in that opening scene, you don't really, you know, you yeah. don't. He's actually a really charming amiable person <clears throat> um so it was nice to see that he can play that he <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to be a, he doesn't yeah, have even to for a little bit sleeves. yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't remember him in many other movies though i no. don't remember him i think those are the notable ones we just mentioned but it were they're, yeah. they're very memorable exactly because he just like hard charging like i don't care if i come off this way yeah type of person in the movie. i mean especially in die hard oh my gosh like the reporter and yeah. he's just like doing everything he can to like violate yeah any rules possible about getting a story you know because even in ghostbusters you can see where he's coming from yeah I mean, you can actually make an argument, even though he's kind of an a-hole about it, you can make an argument that this guy's actually right and the Ghostbusters right. are in over their heads <laughs> yeah. and, and really shouldn't be doing what they're doing. <laughs> um, uh, but in Die Hard, he's just an inexcusable yeah, sleazeball. Completely, completely. You know, yeah. He's got no excuse. He's got nothing. You know? <laughs> Which yeah. makes him really great actually yeah <laughs> most you want to elicit that emotion and like i feel like he slipped into that as the movie went on in real genius but it was interesting going back to like he was like you're adopted he was like fascinating like i thought in that moment it's like what what is it like if you're that intelligent but your parents are clearly not yeah and like how do i thought that was strange in a sense because i'm, I'm sure that that happens to a fair amount of people were maybe they're like wait a minute we got something here but we're not really sure yeah. what to do with this you know like um and his parents actually don't come off as bad at all no they're just they're just ignorant yeah they're not you know but they actually 
like in the embarrassing phone call that gets broadcast <laughs> over the school. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> they rented out his room. That was like good. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Yeah. But, and then we asked if he can share the room with the guy they rented it to. I mean, that, that, that was that, actually kind of funny. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know? Honestly, most of the comedy that laid flat was actually Val Kilmer. And I hate to say that because I, I, you know, like I say, in later movies, I like Val Kilmer so much, but yeah. he's just not, like I say, that Robin Williams-esque comedy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, contrast his, how flat his character comes off in Real Genius compared to his character, Mad Mardigan in Willow. Yes. Mad Mardigan yes. is just charisma fireworks you know yes nothing feels forced he just he feels like han solo with a sword yep. you know what i mean i do know what you mean um but real genius he's just like nope <laughs> nope these jokes aren't working man you are not you are not a fast talking improv improvisational comedian that's just no. not your forte and that's okay yeah you're pretty you're, you're gorgeous <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna watch you with your shirt off, chopping yeah. into you know nitrogen or whatever, and, and <laughs> yeah. everything's gonna be all right. Throwing but, parties, <laughs> yeah. in like an auditorium. <laughs> I was like, this is I want to be at this party. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, doesn't that? I mean, the the script must have been written a couple years before that. You know, I mean, doesn't it feel like whoever wrote the script was thinking about Mork from Mork and Mindy? Yeah, you yeah, know. For sure. <laughs> for sure it just really feels like that with but you know the problem with casting a robin williams in that movie it would have changed the movie completely Completely, obviously and he would have improvised all kinds of stuff and he would have done all these different things and um and it would have felt natural for robin williams to just be doing that but with val kilmer it's like no he's He's really trying to get this script right. He's trying to deliver these things right, buddy. <laughs> but, you know, and a lot of that I just blame on directing and stuff like that. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe at that, that point in Val Kilmer's acting, that's all he could give. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know. But, you know, a, a lot of that I just think about directors and like, you know, you probably could have done another take. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again, Val. Come on. Yeah. That reminded me of, I mean, nobody's immune to it. So that reminded me of uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Ooh. I mean, you know, gosh. I wasn't into it, man. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's got to be one of the worst movies Harrison Ford has ever made. And he's made a few. He's made a he few has. That, yeah. that, you know, really were lackluster. Um, <laughs> so, but you would think that as he goes on, he would be better and better at playing Indiana Jones because <laughs> you know, he's in the role. He gets right. it, he knows he gets who it. he is. Yeah. But it seemed like he got worse at yeah. playing Indiana Jones. And I remember watching a criticism about it and I, and, and I didn't even know this because I don't, I don't pay that much attention to this stuff, but apparently they used a clip of him saying a line in the trailer, but they used a different clip of the same line in the movie and mm. in the movie he sounds really awkward mm. and you wonder why they use these different clips in the trailer he actually sounds okay saying the line it's a stupid line anyway it's a throwaway line but 
Um, but I just remember that. And, and um, oh, I remember what the line is, actually. He, he, I don't know. He probably murdered somebody. I can't remember. He's probably murdering <laughs> some of the, the Russian right. commies sure. or something like that. And his son looks up at him and, and, and in surprise, he's like, you're a teacher. And, and Indiana Jones responds part time. Yeah. That could, that could be funny. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. But the clip they use in the actual movie itself, it sounds really awkward. Hmm. And it just sounds, he doesn't sound comfortable even saying it. Yeah. It sounds like he was practicing <laughs> saying <laughs> it. And it yeah. But so, so a lot of the time, I think, what is Steve? I mean, Steven Spielberg, final cut director, you know, he's, he, no, nobody's telling him what, what he's putting in and leaving out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how did he choose that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what i mean when i say sometimes i just have to blame directors at these, yeah. these things or brian grazier who produced this movie i'm sure he was you know overseeing the cut of this movie uh intensely so you know i just feel like was that were those the best deliveries of those lines <laughs> you guys could get <laughs> you know it was the 80s <laughs> His early vows are like, this is, we're squeezing the juice as much as we can with this guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if they thought they were casting like a new Brat Pack. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is the era. We're, we're doing 16 Candles. We're doing all this right, stuff. Right. And um, did, uh, I'm sure lots of studios were trying to hop onto this kind of Brat Pack, yeah. you know, thing. And I wonder if they really thought like, we've got it. We've cast the new, <laughs> new Brat Pack here. Right. It's like, nope. No, you didn't. No, no. <laughs> I mean, my wife was the same. She's like, this is not Val Kilmer's best performance. No. I was like, no. I said, but you know what's interesting? I think at least for me, maybe I'm just simple-minded about it is the, the, the idea that genius takes itself so seriously, it can't have fun. And Val Kilmer's character is like, wait a minute. I was you. I was too serious all the yeah. time. And you got to relax. And sometimes I identified with that on some, not, I'm not a genius. Let's just put that out here. I, but but what? I, I, I know you guys think it, <laughs> it's not true. It's real news mm. here. But, you know, sometimes it's a hot take. A hot take. Guys, <laughs> change how you feel about me. <laughs> but almost to anybody that takes something super serious all the time, it's easy to get pigeonholed into a certain thing that you're this type of artist, you're this type of scientist yeah. or whatever. And, but you, you have other sides that you should explore, you know? You know what I think is really funny is that um, uh, I, I feel like a lot of my songwriting and stuff like that, people will think it's really serious and supposed to be deep, but, but they, they're not reading into a lot of the humor and the tongue in cheekness of, a lot of the lines and, and things like that. And that's, you know, typical, I would say, you know, most yeah. of us, we listen to music or we watch a movie or things like that. And we only get the surface level of it. And depending on who it is, we might make a lot of assumptions about if it's funny, if it's not funny, if it's yeah. meant to be, yeah. you know, this, or if it's meant to be that. Um, so I actually, I agree with you. It's a, it's a really good message and it's a good message, whether you're involved 
heavily in politics or whether you're involved heavily in religion or whether you're whatever you're heavily yeah. involved in to not forget that uh you know actually uh it was the leader of, of my own church who who passed away a long time ago but his name was gordon b hinckley and he uh, he just said something from the pulpit one time that uh, you know it, it just stuck with me and he just said, life is serious, but it's not that serious. And I just love that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you, you have to look at, I mean, boy, I've been thinking a lot about these kind of things recently. And it wasn't because of this movie. <laughs> How dare you not give credit <laughs> to real genius for this. But I've just been thinking a lot about these kind of things lately. And, and they're very um, cliche things. You've only got one life to live, you yeah. know, these kind of yeah. ideas. But when you really think, ponder deeply about that, about how you only have one life to live, then you start to wonder if you've been living the life you should have. If you're on a path that you should be on. Um, but what's easy to do in that situation when you're thinking about those things is taking yourself way too seriously and you forget how minuscule you are in the universe <laughs> it's true you know what i mean yeah i yeah. mean I, i'm nothing i do in my life and this is this is not you know uh being down on myself i it is just the the the, the situation of more than 7 billion people in the world currently, none of us will have that big of an impact historically. Yeah. I am not going to shift history this way or that way with anything I do in my life. So stop taking yourself so seriously and just have fun for heaven's sakes. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally do, do what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like do your podcast, follow your passion. You it's have funny. to do your work. You have to do this. You have to do that. But then find that thing you're, you're really passionate about and have fun with it. Don't take it so seriously. Don't act like it has to be. Don't act like, you know, you, you just did a, a podcast uh, recently where you talked about not defining yourself by your job. Yeah. I mean, why define yourself by anything? Right. I mean, it's just one aspect of something I do in life. I mean, yeah, I, you know, and I was just talking to a friend about this recently where I, and I said, I would rather be Legion. I would uh, rather have so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be so have so much multiplicity within myself that no matter yeah. what situation I am in, there's a part of me that can be whatever it is I need or want it to be. Yeah. I don't have to be republican or christian or atheist or or anything else i don't yeah. have to define what i'm doing in that moment by whatever it is that i might be in another moment right yeah you know, um my wife and i were kind of talking about this recently uh <laughs> with people who are gluten sensitive <laughs> And I'm not going to say it about everybody because I have other gluten sensitive friends who sure. don't make it their life's message. But we have a you know gluten sensitive friend uh, who just can't not talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And my wife turned to me and she, she told me, I'm so glad that you don't go around just identifying as a vegetarian everywhere yeah. you go. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm vegetarian, but that's not what defines me. No, no. That's not like the hill I'm going to die on. It's vegetarian. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the sword I'm falling on, man. Yeah. I mean, for heaven's sake. So, you know, but because it, it becomes a one note samba to with, you know, whoever you're talking to when, when somebody identifies themselves so passionately about just that one thing. And now you don't want to be around them anymore because no. you know, you're just going to hear about that one. Thing. <laughs> and, over and over again. Yeah. And That's... no matter what conversation you're in with them, you're just like, wait for it, wait for it. Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it is. Yes, you found the new gluten-free bread you like. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm so happy for you. Thank you again. I knew this was coming. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was just on a podcast the other day, and it was it was basically a fitness center podcast. But I mm -hmm. I made sure to tell the person I'm like I don't want to be defined as a fitness person, and I think they thought it was strange. I said that I was like it's like the least last thing I want to be defined as. I like, but yeah. you're in the business. I said, I know it's just something I do. It's not like the essence of who I am. Like, I don't want to talk about it all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know. yeah, you know, I mean, who wants to be that simple? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean That's the best, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to be that simple? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I certainly don't. I mean, the, the world is so full of interesting things. I know earlier I said I'm surrounded by uninteresting people, <laughs> but I'm also surrounded by interesting people. Of course. People that, that just fascinate me, you know, uh, at least some aspect of them fascinates me. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why you do this podcast. Of course. Because people are fascinating. Completely. Um, but people become unfascinating the moment that they become, you know, uh, I guess icons or something, mm. you know, this, 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 this thing that is only defined in this way. Yeah. You know, and maybe yeah. that's why I'm never interested in celebrity. Yeah. And it's not because these celebrities aren't just normal people with all different kinds of sides and, and they're not fascinating or things like that. But I think it's because they're held up as being just this thing and that doesn't interest me at all yeah um but i do love learning about people i, I you know people's like documentaries about yeah celebrities you know i mean when i actually sit down and watch them i i find them fascinating of course every person's life is probably fascinating you know um but a lot and, of people won't even allow you to have access to the other things they're into because they so heavily or rigidly define themselves as a certain thing. I'm sure like, let's take politicians, there may be some really interesting politicians and they have some very interesting side things they're into. Maybe one of them is a really undercover artist. I'd love to know about that. Yeah. They never give that to you. They're just no. going to stay right on this line. Nope. About I this have, one thing. I have know? these talking points. I yeah. need to fit into every single conversation and every interview that I'm that I'm on. Yeah. You know, whenever I'm on the uh, somebody's screen, I have to say these things. 
And yeah, it's so uninteresting. It's Completely. so uninteresting, you know. Um, you know, that that's why somebody like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a Donald Trump is so uninteresting. That's why I think Barack Obama became rather uninteresting to me as uh, during the eight years he was president. Right, right. Um, before and after, he's a much more interesting person. I totally agree. Um, but during the eight years, it was it, he was actually kind of hard for me to stomach sometimes. Yeah, I, I gotta I admit, total, I know? admit, that I totally have said this too to other yeah. people. It's <laughs> so, just just this metamorphosis into this one note yeah. thing. It, it's annoying, honestly. It's, yeah. The the problem with a Donald Trump is that he was that before, during, <laughs> and after. Yeah, you know? Exactly. So, but look at somebody like a George W. Bush. I find him endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Because, you know, he goes from being a president that I actually didn't have much respect for. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to having a little bit of 2020 hindsight and seeing, you know, I think he actually was just a really good person stuck in a really difficult situation, surrounded yeah. by influences that, you know, he was in over his head. Yeah. You know, he was, yeah. you know, all, all these kinds of things. And I can look at it with a much more forgiving eye now. And now he's become this spokesperson for moderate sanity. I have so much respect for him. And when you hear, see him interviewed, he's actually such a funny guy. He is actually, yeah. <laughs> and he's actually a pretty great artist. He's a pretty great painter too. And, and he seems just like a really soulful individual. He still talks in that, very simple texas way but you can see that there's this soul behind it you know he, yeah he's he's not and and when he talks he doesn't he doesn't hit the same notes every time yeah you know what i mean he's yep. i was like oh he's a he's a human how about that? <laughs> you are not a robot how about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is how about that so i you know, I, I do find people like him uh, really fascinating. And, and same with, you know, Obama, actually. I mean, find him uh, and, and his, um, his whole story really fascinating. Yeah. You know, but most definitely. But yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was hard. Those were, those eight years were hard for me. I was really excited <laughs> about him, you know. Me too. I was really excited and I wanted him to, just be different, you know, and I think that's where a lot of us, you know, just kind of got disenchanted, you know, yeah. because it's like, we just really wanted you to be so dang different. Yeah. But you just kind of became another president and not that he mm -hmm. did a bad job and sure. not that he was a bad president or anything like that, but that he was just, and he was a historical president and I'm never going to, you know, I'm so glad that you know, we broke through at least yeah. that ceiling and we had our first black president and everything like that. And, and he was a he was a good guy for that. That's for right. Sure. Yes. He was definitely a good person to break that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately it was just kind of eh. once again. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish he might have been maybe a little bit more controversial. Yeah, it's interesting when the vice president is more controversial than I know, president. right? <laughs> when, when Joe Biden's the one like 
you know, we're hearing the hot mic takes, you know. Oh, yeah, all the time. It's real effing important and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah, he's always got hot mic takes. (laughs) (laughs) Even now, you're like, whoa, Joe, Joe. Come on. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, at least. (laughs) But, you know, I really appreciate that about him. You know, it's like, I know that there's a certain segment of of the country that likes to pretend that Joe Biden doesn't have it, like, all together, and he's, he's like sleepy or boring i was like man you're not listening to the same speeches i'm no. listening to i'm seeing a guy who's really passionate <laughs> and he's got some feelings he definitely has some feelings and he does not <laughs> you know and, and I, I i just appreciate that and 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 they're true and honest feelings i i yeah. like that i lo- i love to see that there's somebody up there who's expressing true and honest feelings right not what he thinks everybody wants him to feel and say yeah you know and so i I, you know he's not going to go down as one of america's great presidents i don't think but i appreciate that about him yeah no most most definitely i uh speaking we had we were talking about something i wanted to transition to i think we got real genius out of the way (laughs) i'm sorry everyone it's kind of what it is anyways but we're going to be watching, I think, Batman, the Batman series coming yeah. up, I think, which is great because the Batman comes out March 4th with Robert Oh, I, I didn't even realize it. Okay. Right. So, so we're, you, you were on to something. I was, I was in tune to something there. You were. And what I wanted to talk about is I was reading this. I was like, I have to talk to Simon about this as part of maybe a little preview of next. So we're going to watch kind of All the right. 90s Batmans and stuff, but I'm going to definitely watch the new Batman as well. Before. Yeah. And, uh, Robert Pattinson is opening up about what it's actually about. This Batman, mm. this, his take on this Batman is, is going to be so drastically different than the other versions that it's going to be jarring to you. Hmm. And in particular, particularly says this Batman is a 70s noir Batman. It is a detective Batman. This Batman is, this guy has a lot of problems. Like, mm. This is a very psychological freak of a person. Uh, like, so he like is that. pursuing it in that direction. Like, this is not your playboy Batman. This is your broken Kurt Cobain version of Batman. <laughs> That's exactly what they say. What are your thoughts about that? Um, to, to me, that's what Batman should have been all along. Because Correct. He, he's, he's a man who dresses up in a bat costume. Exactly. The way you I said mean, that was very right. <laughs> something a bad cop still not. There's just no excuse for that other than you're crazy. <laughs> right. Right. You, you're crazy. You're not you're not just dressing up in like a ski mask and, and a black <laughs> coat and things like that to hide your identity. You're dressing up as a bat. Correct. So you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. There's no other explanation for this. And it could be a good crazy. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. they, and they, they did a, a good job of kind of explaining that origin of his idea to take in the Christopher Nolan ones to take his own fear of bats and, and project that onto criminals. Yeah. And I thought that that's, that's, a, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty good way to work it in. Yeah. But you, you're still a man going around dressed as a bat. <laughs> so you're crazy. You're crazy. And he, he talks, in, it's in a GQ 
interview that just came out. You know, they're doing a big press tour for it and the whole thing. Yeah. And he's, he talks about how, like, it's basically very warped therapy is that the Batman mm. is he he does self-therapy and his his existence is completely wrapped up in wearing the suit. And that crime doesn't get better in this Batman. It gets worse when he becomes the Batman. Mm. So it's not like this isn't like you're good trying to be good, but there's this massive darkness to this yeah. Batman. And it, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, this may be the Batman I've personally been looking for. Yeah. This, this cannot be a campy, fun, good times. Let's bring a lot of women over to this pad. Like this feels yeah. like a very broken person. Like that's what it should be. And, and I feel like in the Christopher Nolan movies, they, they paid lip service to that. They did. They, they didn't lean into it though. Right. They, they didn't lean into it. Ultimately his Bruce Wayne persona was a little too put together. You know what yeah, I mean? It was a little too put together. Yeah. Because when he changed into the bat suit and he talked in his monster voice, <laughs> I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to me, you know? <laughs> you're not the only one with the strength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when he did that stuff, you you caught a glimpse that you know he's theatrical. Um, you you know, and, and these are things that they. I mean, I have a hard time faulting that movie, The Dark Knight, in any way. Sure. Yeah, but in one way, I think they could have leaned into was a similarity between the theatricality of the Joker yes. and the Batman. Yeah, they are actually they might be opposite sides of the same coin, but it's still a theatrical coin. Everything they do is for theatrical impact. Yes, and uh, ultimately, that's why he wears the bat suit. That's why he uses the the gimmicks that he uses. You know, uh, you know, for and it's all just for theatrical impact. Yeah. And the Joker's doing the same thing. You right. know, he's just doing it uh, to the detriment of society rather than. Yeah. Uh, and it was interesting what you said uh, that that crime gets worse with Batman. I I think. You know, Marvel kind of talked about that, that, you know, as as the superheroes kind of came together and became the Avengers, that they invited challenge. I think they, yeah. they said something about that. Yeah. Um, and that that should be something, you know, a theme in Batman as well. It's like this guy who um, is doing such a theatrical, you know, uh, uh, thing with his crime fighting is going to invite more theatrical obstacles or villains or things like that to right. come up in his way. Um, and that's not something that really got played up in the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. that Christopher Nolan trilogy. It, it actually, I mean, I, I don't, you know, Bane in the last movie was great. Yeah. But he wasn't a, 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 and I understood the themes and everything that Christopher Nolan was going with and stuff like that and how Bane fit the theme that yeah. he wanted for that movie and stuff like that. But even with the nuclear bomb or whatever it yeah. was, you know, in that Batman, the stakes didn't feel higher. Even with Batman's back being broken. Yeah. 
all that stuff, the stakes with Bane did not feel higher than the stakes with the Joker. Right. Right. So the movie kind of failed for me in that respect where we didn't, even though they're on paper is an escalation of everything. Right. It didn't feel like it. The Joker still felt more dangerous than Bane could ever be. For sure. For sure. So it would be interesting to see, is it the Riddler that they're doing in this? The Riddler, I, I think, is the main villain. But they've got but the they Penguin, have Penguin in it, I think. Catwoman. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah, the Penguin, Catwoman. There's like a lot of characters. That so are- it'll be interesting to see how dangerous these characters actually present themselves to be to Batman, to Gotham in comparison to i mean from from this day forward i mean from the day it came out forward every batman movie is going to be compared to the dark knight of course so we're going to be watching this movie and even subconsciously wondering to ourselves is this more dangerous than the joker and the dark knight yeah you know what i mean and i think also as christopher nolan's a fantastic director i mean his track record is incredible Mm-hmm. But the director for this, Matt Reeves, also an incredible director, yeah. has done some amazing movies. And he, from what I, I've been reading up on this, because I, I really love this character, but I've always been disappointed in the character. The, the trilogy with Christopher Nolan was awesome to me, but I kept mm-hmm. thinking to myself, this is a darker character. And for some reason, we want our superheroes to be these fun people and this great, this hope of the world. And I said, Batman is not hope. Like there's no hope. This is like just brokenness at its, I mean, listen, if your parents got brutally murdered when you were little, I mean, what's exciting and like hopeful about (laughs) that? I don't know. And like, and then you never got help for it, but you had all this money. And I feel like that's what they're diving into. Robert Pattinson calls Batman a freak. He was attracted to the fact that he's a freak. He's a monster. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. he want he wanted to portray Brat- Batman as a severely almost psychotic, broken individual who didn't live this high life. He was a recluse. Who is a recluse? Like they don't. He's not out there throwing huge parties at Wayne Manor. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's he's got the eye like makeup it. on. He's he's nutty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Good. Good. That's what we need. That's the Batman I think we need. Yeah, for sure. You know. So to what you said, you know, that you want it, you know, Batman to be darker. Yeah. I think they keep trying to make him darker and then they keep pulling back. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally get that. I I think in the Batman Superman movie that I wish we could all forget, but we. (laughs) I agree, man. So bad. I think they wanted that Batman to be darker. The, the, the beginning introduction to that Batman certainly portrayed him that way. You know, yeah. he's, he's, bur- he's branding the criminals with the, yes. you, know, you know, things like that. Um, so he, he seems like a pretty dark and psychotic guy, but as the movie goes on, you, you kind of get more of a feeling that he's just more of a jealous jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the great thing about this Superman character, who is the epitome of everything you said that we don't always want superheroes to be, he's 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 Mr. He's Mr. Good Guy. Mr. Good Guy. Yeah. 
Um, he's not in Batman versus Superman. He's gloomy and brooding yeah. all the time, which mm -hmm. I was confounded by. I just couldn't understand it because here you are, you're trying to set up this versus between two different personalities but they don't seem all that different. <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> I mean, they just don't, you know, and I mean, the way that they uh, portrayed Superman in that movie, he's just kind of Batman with superpowers instead yeah. of super money. Yeah, he is super money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think in the first scene he's in, he kills somebody. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, uh, what what do you, what do you do with that? Where do you go from there? There there you know so, uh, so that movie was just I I can't think of a single scene in that movie that I wasn't disappointed in. You know what I mean? It was, so it was just so awful. And 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 the the problem with that is is that that actor who played Superman he could be a fantastic Superman. He could with be. the right script, the right mm -hmm. director. He could be just marvelous as a superman yeah um, you see him in other movies where he plays a more jovial uh charismatic character and you're just like this guy could be superman for days this guy could yeah. be the best superman we've ever seen on completely. screen completely instead we got somebody that we don't even recognize as superman yeah so it, but that should be how why superman and batman work so well as like best friends and in the comics, they're often portrayed that way. That's right. As these best friends who just don't understand each other at all. Right. They have completely different worldviews, completely different ways of doing things. Um, Superman is the hope that Batman could never be. That's right. He's the symbol that Batman could never be. So Batman kind of sticks to his role, which is what? It's to work in the shadows. It's to do things kind of the wrong way yeah the way that superman would never do things, <laughs> exactly you know yeah and that's what makes the two characters interesting so I, I i'm excited to see if that this movie lives up to that promise me to too see if 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 we actually get a batman who is that polar opposite of superman with the same goal in mind right of you know saving the world <laughs> But doing it in a way that Superman would never condone and never uh, even dream about doing. Yeah. Oh, it's almost three hours. I think it's the longest DC movie that they've done. Really? It's really long, like crazy long. Hmm. Um, but I, that doesn't bother me with Matt Reeves just because I'm just such a big fan of how he puts together movies, just how the movies are shot, the layers that he puts together. And then I actually think Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor. And uh, he's been in a lot of great indie films that I've loved. Um, you know, I, I really haven't watched him in, in any, I've never seen Twilight. Uh, so <laughs> no, you're not missing anything. Yeah. So, um, but I can't remember if I've seen anything else that he's actually in. But I keep hearing he's a really great actor. So. Excellent. He's, he's, been, he's in a lot of weird weird indie movies like the last one i think it was just like other life or something like that and he's basically a prisoner on a spaceship uh that and they basically send these prisoners out to look for life and stuff like that and, and it's he just it's just such hmm. a strange movie 
and he's so weird in it, but it's, it's just so well done. He, he, he's very good. I didn't know he had that depth as an actor. I didn't know that. It goes back to what we were saying about Val Kilmer. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't judge somebody by their breakout movies in Hollywood. Twilight, they, right? They don't judge all, it by that. Yeah, they all had to pay their dues to in order to get into this business somehow. And somebody, I, I guess, like a Robert Pattinson, you know, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, what what have I always said? I always, always say, uh, oh, I'm glad they're working. You know what yeah. I mean? When I see yeah. a really bad movie or a really bad TV show, it's like, well, I'm glad at least they're working. Yeah. They all have jobs. Acting's so hard. You know, I mean, to get yeah. a job, to keep getting jobs, to keep getting work, yeah. you know, it's it's not that you get hired and now you have a nine to five for the next That's five right. years until yeah. you, you know, try to find a new job. It's no, you're hired for a couple of months and then you've got to try and find another job and you got, yeah, and, and, and the jobs could be so different and you're working That's with right. such different people all the time. And if anybody gives you any kind of bad rap, you might be out, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's just... That's got to be the, one of the most difficult ways to actually make a living is being yeah. an actor. And so I'm just always, you know, so glad actors yeah. have jobs. Especially <laughs> because it was like there's certain ones that are so big, like they're just getting scripts thrown at them constantly. And, you know, they're going to yeah. have employment no matter what. They may have their own uh, studio at this point, the huge, huge yeah. people. So it's like, whatever. But the other people, it's like, how do you know what's coming next for you? And yeah. if it's going to be any good, maybe you have to take a bad movie, you know, just to work. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I hear about these kind of things and I'm no Hollywood insider, obviously, but you hear about, you know, the, the deals with the devil that actors have to make for this, like to make the movie they really want to make. They're yeah. like, well, the studio wants you to make this one. If you make this one, we'll let you do that one. You know, yeah. so they end up being in these absolute turds. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing with Zack Snyder doing like the, all the Superman, the uh, Justice League and stuff. His direction was he wanted dark, dark, dark. Some of these people are super dark. We need to lean into it. Yeah. And DC was like, hey, we need to make it lighter, lighter, more jokes during it. And I always think like, I don't know, what if superheroes did exist on the planet in this form? I'm not sure yeah. they would be like working at museums like, you know, wonder woman and hanging right. out you know like whatever you know crying over a dude from 50 years ago like it's like i don't i think it would be a very strange existence more like the boys on amazon prime where because there's so much power that there'd be a lot of corruption among superheroes yes. because they could just do anything they wanted the government can't control them nobody can like they'd just be like you're just trying to walk on pins and needles around it because technically it could just destroy you type yeah. of thing I just think that's more realistic than this like syrupy version of like superheroes, you know? Oh, I, I you know, I love that. I love the boys. That was so great, crazy. What a, um, but to, to your point, uh, it, it feels so much more realistic to yeah. a world with people with superpowers than, you know, the things that were presented in these, you know, DC movies. And I think, I think Marvel does a pretty good job yeah. of, showing us what a world is would probably be really kind of like yeah. you know sometimes but their superheroes are ultimately really good people right and that's why they're superheroes i guess right but right. um 
and, and you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. I haven't seen the Eternals movie yet, but it's, it's interesting. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I heard, yeah. you know, and, and I heard, you know, it's not actually a bad movie. It's a bad Marvel movie. It's and a I bad thought, Marvel movie, but I, it's, I, I actually felt it was a bad movie. Honestly, okay. I was just like very disappointed by it. I was yeah. like, Oh, this is so bad. I was like, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be good. So I, 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 will, <laughs> I, I won't be disappointed with it. Just think I, it was good. You know, I, I it, it was to try and bring these characters in now and try to explain why they've been non-existent MIA, and things like, like that, you know, on, yeah, man. things like that. And it's the same with Wonder Woman, you know, like Ugh. you said, in the DC universe to say that she's been working at the Smithsonian or really? something like that, you know, it's like, <laughs> like we got to come up with a better story than this guy's. It's, I mean, it's, it's got to be better. I mean, it's yeah. like there's so many ways to go with these things. And I think sometimes these studios or I don't know how this works. I'm not in that business, but it's kind of like I want to go for the kill shot in all these movies. I want I want the brutality. I'm not a brutal. I'm not a violent person, but I kind of yeah. feel like this is the area where there's this is violent. You know, yeah. a person who's lived for five thousand years can fly or swing a rope and stuff. That person's probably violent throughout their life, you know, because they had to be in, in wars and stuff like that. They're scarred from it. You can't fight in World War II or World War II and then be like, I just work at the Smithsonian. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see the trenches of World War One and and not be completely scarred the rest of your life. I mean, right. Yeah, they 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 can never show what the trenches were really like That's because right. it's it's just too horrible yes you know it's too horrible it, i mean not even not even including the fighting going on yeah just just existing as a soldier within the trenches minus the fighting yeah. is a miserable terrible existence so they can't show that because they have to show that we were good and brave and yes you know, all the, <laughs> you know. noble yes. we weren't pooping in buckets we weren't you know oh, we weren't you know uh, yeah. <laughs> none of that happens <laughs> we weren't price gouging the soldiers there with you know shaving kits and stuff like that i yeah. mean it was just a, a crazy time and but i mean war is always a crazy time yeah uh and, and that's what's I, I guess Marvel once again actually does it better. Once again, they have they Iron Man has PTSD, right? You know, yes. Captain America lives through that stuff and is changed by it Completely. in a way that he, but but he's not changed by it at the same time. What what changes is his perspective of what doing the right thing is. Yes. And doing, you know, at first he wants to serve his country and he wants to do that by being a soldier. And by the end of his story arc, he is serving by being an outlaw. Yeah. You and know? Civil War is one of my favorite Marvel movies, man. It's so just unbelievable. It's so, so good. And the fact that that came out the same year as Batman Superman, you know, I mean, what a chasm. You can't help but compare <laughs> and contrast. And you're just like, everything marvel got right is everything dc got wrong and you, you knew know? stark and captain america were going to fight at you knew it was coming 
You saw but it you, in the preview. You didn't want it to happen, though. You felt like, man, I don't want this to happen. You know, like, and you're not ready for the emotional. No. How emotional you're you're gonna feel in a superhero movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yes. you're not ready. For <laughs> you're that. not ready for it. No. But it's because it's not about superheroes. It's about people. It's yes. about friends. It's about um, relationships. You know, it it, it it's about. I mean, and it's a, and it's about people reacting in a realistic way to these ki kinds yes. of traumas. I mean, when you see that, I mean, Iron Man says that, that that line right right before their big fight. He says, "I don't care. He killed my mom." That's right. That is the appropriate response to see, you know, That's to the seeing that footage. Yeah, and. You know, in in in, and you see that even though Iron Man is kind of the bad guy, it's not really the bad. You know, mm -hmm. and then that's what makes it so great. And off and and honestly, so in in certain ways, Captain America's the bad guy. Right. He's putting his friend Bucky above everything. That's right. You know, and but in doing so, he shows that he's he won't be he won't give up his his sovereignty as a free human being yes just because the government says so you know well and, said and <laughs> <laughs> well said simon you know and you, yeah. and people take that message in all kinds of ways you know yes. but uh sometimes for for better and sometimes for worse yeah, but but it's an important message. It's an important message, you know. Whether you're talking about your government or whether you're just talking about, no matter what society you're living in, the societal expectations that are put upon you. Are you willing to give up your personal freedom in order to live according to societal expectations? Yeah. Um, and what are you willing to give up? in order to be free and sometimes yeah. it's not about your you know I, I know here in america we like to we like to talk about you know laying down your life and stuff sure. like that to be yeah. free and stuff like that well maybe maybe that's not what maybe it would actually be more difficult to lay down something less than your life yeah to be free maybe it would be more difficult to lay down your expectations of yourself and of others mm. in order to be free maybe it, it means giving up assumptions that you've been holding on to for a really long time mm. about yourself and about others and about your beliefs and about other people's beliefs and maybe that is the real path to freedom and it it, it is so interesting that that a silly marvel movie can make us talk about those things we could never have that conversation after a DC movie. No, <laughs> not the ones no. that have come out, you know, no. with, with Ben Affleck and those people, you know, yeah. they're, no. they're, they don't, they don't give you, they don't give you room for conversation. No. And once again, I have to blame that on the director and I'm not Correct. trying to be a, a hater on that director. I actually think, visually that director is one of the most stunning Agreed. visual directors totally working agree. today however i think he 
like every director has weaknesses and his big weakness is creating a movie that you actually want to talk about yeah other than totally agree the aesthetic of it <laughs> yeah. i guess it's you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so pretty yeah, yeah or or at least interesting you know his movies yeah. are interesting to look at sure. you know and so I, he's a director that makes really great pre you know, his footage makes a great preview man. Oh, incredible trailers and stuff man yeah that yeah. man of steel trailer oh my gosh that hooked me so hard when i saw it i got emotional when i saw yeah it. that was one of the most poetic trailers poetic. i've ever seen in my life when he's flying in the air yeah. And the, I was like, oh my gosh, this may be the little, Superman. When he's a little boy and the clotheslines and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I was unfortunately prepared for a poetic movie, a poetic yeah. take on Superman. Yeah. And instead, we got a completely unpoetic hodgepodge <laughs> of scenes that felt like they could have been cut into any other order than the way that they were. <laughs> they would have Simon. still been as coherent as what we got. Yeah. Know? Oh man. So yo, Simon, you got real deep for a second there. Like it was like it felt like you were coming through the screen, and it was so deep. <laughs> this is Simon Milliman, the author, commentary of Jesus the Bastard. That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. Um, Twelve albums in many months. Just like amazing. You're an amazing person, Simon. I'm so glad I know you, and I love doing these. I really do because they're, I, I as well. they're interesting. They're yeah. interesting. I always know we're going to have a great conversation. I, yeah. I this is one this is one of the highlights of every month for me. Is uh, oh, like no, oh good, here. I'm going to talk to Darian. <laughs> even if we're even if the movie was real genius, I know it's we're okay. going to have a, a, a conversation. <laughs> we're going to go somewhere with it. We're going to you know something is going to come out of this that is uh, um, deep. You know, like you're yeah, saying, and important that we should be talking about. So I next month, a, I just found a hole in my going on there? Well, you know, that's Sorry. you. That's you, yeah. Simon. Just holy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean holy, okay? <laughs> but next month, the Batmans and the new Batman, which is oh, going to be like, this is going to be the Bat Month, March. So are you planning on going to see it in the theater? Like I'm the going to see it, it in the theater, out? yes. Okay, should we both plan on doing that? Should we, should we review go... all the Batman? We should review all the Batmans. <laughs> it is... Like huge, super Batman. We're going to start with Adam West and we're going to go all the way through <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. We're going through Val Kilmer. We're oh. going through George Clooney. George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan. We're going with Ooh. Christian Bale and oh, Robert yeah. Pattinson. All right. <laughs> we're gonna, that's going to be a packed episode. That's a packed episode. Thank you, my friend. I Thank appreciate you. you. All right. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. 
Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. 